apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage, an equal housing lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest. Top three corner man. Punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10. The overhand is out of hand when it comes to fisticuffs. Slide a hand on the undercard. You'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing wave. Feet are stepping late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eighth and retaliate. Put up your dukes, stick and move. Bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes. There's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round. Bells ringing. Counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging we bringing crosses with no worship hooks with no verses combinations with no locks when you feel the flurry it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats relax if you want the facts because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Throwing Jabs Combat Sports Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Joe Gwine and Jared Jones. And it's not Saturday morning. Some scheduling issues. We are live tonight, Friday night, but we will rebroadcast it for all you dedicated fans for at Saturday at 10 for you. But I mean, not a lot as far as big fights this weekend. But we had a big, big fight last weekend, a big fights last weekend. So let's break them down. Starting off with the main event, Israel Adesanya defends his UFC middleweight title with unanimous decision over Jared Cannonier. Joe, you and I were talking a little bit about this in the pre, in the pre, pre-show. Yeah, Israel Adesanya, he, he's great. He's one of the best technical strikers in the UFC. But something has changed since that Jan Blahovich fight. Yeah, listen, he is the man to beat, but he's not giving anyone a chance to really beat him. Um, his fights have gotten increasingly more boring. Uh, the Vittori fight, the Whitaker fight, this another snooze fest uh, where he, you know, basically just leaning back and uh, 
not really not really engaging much in the pocket. And and, and obviously he's one of the best counter strikers who's ever existed. Um yeah, t- seriously, since since that beatdown of Paulo Costa, you know, nothing to write home about. Again, I look at Usman and look at the way Usman has gotten more impressive in his wins and has has become a better striker. You've seen improvement in his game. Look at Francis and Ganu. I know Jace is still wild about that wrestling uh, that we really haven't seen too much of. But again, Jace, I'll give you credit. You know what he did? He made the strikes necessary to make. Look at uh, Alexander the Great. I mean, he's. I, you know, we we talked about it uh, uh, last week, and 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 you know, I said to to Jared, I think he's gotten better since the last fight. Uh, with Max Holloway. I mean, I don't know if Max Holloway could do any more, and it's apparent now after this fight that the, the distance between them is a little more than we thought. But again, dominant, dominant fighters, and you watch Adesanya, and he gets less impressive as you go. I, I, I have to agree with that. There was something really exciting about watching this guy not too long ago. And uh, it just seems to have disappeared a little bit. Where is that Adesanya we were so excited about? And, you know, we're saying on, on, on these shows, we reiterate over and over that some people will grow from the experience of a loss. Some people will deteriorate. It's It looks like... He hit his ceiling in his loss, and now he's just coasting. And still a lot better than guys like Jared Cannonier, let's be honest. Uh, yeah, look, J- bottom line too, Jared, is Jared Cannonier doesn't deserve to be in an octagon with Israel Adesanya. And, and maybe, maybe he's just not feeling very challenged. He stepped up. Light heavyweight's not going to work for him unless he puts on some weight and then has to sacrifice the speed. So maybe he's stuck where he is, and he's not inspired because he's already run through a lot of these guys, and no one thought Jared Cannonier stood a chance, and he didn't. Um, so I don't know. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe you know, he maybe... take chances. You know, at the same time, it's like he's a professional, and in I... a fight you're supposed to win by that much, why I do you take wonder, a lot of though, chances? You can't Jared, win that fight. Would will the Pereira fight be something he's a little more inspired by? A guy with a couple wins over him, a guy who's literally look. Pereira's made his name on the fact that he knocked yeah, out Asanya yeah, out. That's straight yeah. up like he's the Savannah Marshall of the UFC. There you go. Right, that's all it is, and and so again, I like to think Izzy's going to be super up for that fight. He's going to want to knock that guy out. It's the only interesting thing left that we can do. Yes. Yes, and so now you can only hope that Pereira knocks him out again so that we can do another one of these fights and then we'll get Whitaker back in the mix and we'll get Colvington back in the mix because that's really where this is. And, and again, you know, I got – I, I, you know, in the last fight, look, everybody knows I thought Whitaker beat him. I get it. He's the champ. You got to dethrone the champ. The guy doesn't really give you a peer, uh, an opportunity to do that. That said, I do, like I said, I, I feel like when, when you're just kind of beating on the same guys and you feel like no one's in your galaxy, it's hard to get up for these things. It's hard to, 
you know, he doesn't have to do much. You know, I, I, I think a lot about Anderson Silva. And towards the end of his run, he was more playing Damian around. Maya. You know, right, really, really fooling it's around Damian a lot. Maya. Obviously, right, Maya, we know how it ended with, with Weidman and, and just, I worry about Adesanya from that from that aspect. You know, if, if he's not particularly interested uh, in what he's doing, at some point, somebody, and it's not any of the guys in the top five, clearly, but someone's going to ring his bell. Yeah, it's weird. It's like uh, the big thing with Usman coming up was uh, Dana White said himself, this guy's boring, blah, blah, blah. And now he's starting to finish guys. And now there was this crossroads where everything changed because that was Adesanya. And I I, I don't know yet. I I think it comes from that Blahovich loss, which, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense. Because you were up, you, you were up a weight class, didn't put weight on, so I don't understand why. Sure, you know you can be defeated. You you know that from your kickboxing career. I don't know why all of a sudden change, like with that one loss. So I sure if he wants to sit back, do his thing, that's great. Maybe it is. If if it is like a. Uh, a determination or he's not getting up and it's hard to get up. You, you, you need to change the people around you. You need to, you shouldn't, mm. when you're, no, they have to not getting up for a fight. Well, I mean, that, going through the motion. I'm reminded of keeping John Jones out of Vegas here though. At some point, these guys are professionals and have to act like professionals. It's something uh, Scully's always said about Paterbiev. He doesn't need anybody to tell him to work hard, to show up, to get there early, to leave late. You want to be that guy. You got to act like that guy. And he does day in, day out, consummate professional. If you need help getting motivated for a UFC title fight, then you shouldn't be holding the belt. And that's kind of what it looks like here. But he's, he's heads and shoulders above everybody else. And, Joe, that is a great comparison. Anderson Silva and get into those fights where he's just bored. I just knocked out Forrest Griffin with some with all highlight reel stuff, couple fights in a row, and now I'm kind of bored. People are booing a guy that was the most exciting guy we'd ever seen fight. Just a yeah. few fights later. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if the loss got to his head. Um, that said, he was dominant. I've been in some boring fights myself before. And a lot of times when fights turn boring for me, it's because I don't feel like I can win them. I feel like a, a big, exciting knockout. Uh, I fought my little brother, Joel, a couple times. So how do you win that fight? Oh, did Jared fight? Yeah, he beat his little brother. How do you, it's a lose-lose situation. Oh, he lost to his little brother. Well, now there's something to talk about. I can't win that fight. And it's why he wanted to fight me every time, because it's a win-win situation for him if he doesn't, you know, end up in the hospital. Oh, I lost to my big brother. Oh, you fought Jerry. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but back to this, I will say, uh, with Adesanya, to his defense a little bit, 
like Jared Cannonier is a guy we, we talked about it last week. This is a guy you can't really you, you don't want to put yourself in those bad situations because he does have that power. And you're so not allowed I mean, to lose to him here. Is yeah. he is not allowed to lose this fight yeah. by any stretch? But I, I will say, as far as, as this fight goes, the most the, the most interesting part of it, as far as Adesanya goes, what was his entrance? Shout out to the Undertaker. Oh, I loved it. Yeah, but uh, I Jared, you talking about booze? Uh, a man who continuously gets booed against every fight. He talked about it in his post-fight press conference. Alexander the Great Volkanovsky said it. he's sick and tired of getting booed. I mean, it's Max Holloway. Yeah, stop Anderson, fighting Max but, Holloway. Yeah. You won't get booed so much. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I, Joe, your boy, Dominic, put, puts it to rest no more. Just unanimous decision, 50-45 all around. Where does he go from here? Well, he is seriously thinking about moving up. He, uh, I don't know if you guys saw earlier today, he said he broke his hand uh, in the second round of that fight. Still, obviously, was was dominant nonetheless. You know who who's next? Really, Josh Emmett? Who who gets the next shot? I, I think that's the problem that you're looking at right now. Is you know, there's nobody in this division that. Uh, he he hasn't either already beaten or is very likely to beat. I want Bryce Mitchell here. You keep you Jace. keep saying that. I want yeah, Bryce Mitchell here. Yeah, uh, Bryce Mitchell currently ranked number nine in that featherweight division. Uh, listen, I don't think it. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, it doesn't. Yeah. I I don't know that anybody can beat this guy. He uh, got say stylistically maybe is a tough matchup. Barbosa's always dangerous, but listen, there's there's, not there's much certainly here. I will say this: the difference between I think where Adesanya's living right now and where Volkanovski is is that great fight with Ortega, great fight against uh, Korean Zombie. He's had some really good fights. Obviously, some battles with Max Holloway. They're very competitive. They're very interesting fights. He's clearly better than everybody else. But not to the point where it's not fun to watch. And I, I don't know yeah. that anybody can beat this guy. You can't choke him out because he's got an unbelievable ability to withstand not breathing. He's got an iron jaw. He's got some of the best hands in the sport. I mean, it's takedown defense. This guy is such the total package. And believe me, again, I love Max Holloway, I think, is a gift to the world. I love that guy. And and he'll always be in the conversation of greatest featherweight. But th this was clearly it. This was the this was the unnecessary trilogy. And, I mean, short of, like, knocking him out cold, which no one's knocking Max Holloway out, this was the next best thing. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. but, uh, Jared, you mean you're with me with the Bryce Mitchell? I, I, I love Bryce Mitchell, but it's – that, that fight's just going to be fun. Uh, do I actually think Bryce Mitchell can get it done? No. But it's going to be a fun, fun – it's going to be like this. It's going to be like the first two with the Max Hall. It's going to be very, very fun, entertaining to watch. 
Well, if he's staying at this weight class, it's the only one I want to see. Yeah. Yeah. If you move up, oh man, I want to see Oliveira, Poirier. Give me uh, Justin Gage. He's a great fight. Uh, Makashev and Darius would be trouble for him. Chandler, Dos Anjos, Tony Ferguson. Go ahead and be a rough. You're <laughs> get on the list of guys that rough Tony Ferguson up on you as you move up the weight class. But yeah, Volkanovski, you gotta come up. Because, again, Bryce Mitchell, there's the type of fight he can't win. You know, you lose and everybody's shocked and then you get a rematch and it's just, it's redundant. Yeah, go to lightweight. Hell yeah. I am concerned about the, the height, though. He He's going to be giving up some some serious reach in that division. And that's that's got to be, and I, look, I mean, he could carry the weight. I'm not worried about him moving up. 5'6", though. Two he, words. Tony Yoka. Two more words, bone density. This is a bigger guy than a featherweight. Yeah. Volkanovski's a big, that frame will hold weight. There's some rugby clips you put on last week that'll prove it. Oh, sure. Listen, there's guys in that division that are, you know, 5'10", 6'3", and, and I, I just feel like that could be... That could be a little problematic. Again, I'm not worried about the weight. I, Jared, I agree. I mean, I know he could carry the weight, and I think he'd be fine. Yeah, Oliver is 5'11 uh, with about 7-inch reach on him. That's that's substantial. And, again, I mean, knowing the way Volkanovski likes to fight, you know, he's coming at you. He's not afraid of anybody, but that's a lot to be given up. And that's that's my only concern for him. Uh, but he's expressed interest in doing it, so oh, no, wait a who minute. am I? Um, Oliver, jeez, that's... That's huge. Just out of curiosity, how tall is Max Holloway? Oh, right here. Charles is Oliveira, 5'10", Max Holloway, 5'11". So, I maybe he's okay dealing with the height. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see I, him coming up. Sure. Listen, I, I, I don't I'm, – I'm, <laughs> again, it, it's, it's my only hesitation with him. I, there's nothing – Otherwise, that I would think like, no, he can't. He's got the power. He's got the all-around skills. He's got the defense. No problem with him moving up. Again, I don't love that he's 5'6". I, I do think that, you know, again, not that he hasn't already fought bigger guys, but, um, you know, you're not now you're talking weight. You're talking height. You're talking reach. You're, you're giving up a little bit here. But well, if, if anybody can do it, it's him. If you're not I on think, the Bryce Mitchell train, though, who else do you want him to see? To, who yeah. do you want to see him fight at that weight class? There's yeah. nothing else there for him. You want to see that MF fight? Tony's okay without it. All right. I will say also with Volkanovski, <laughs> his utilization of the leg kicks, I think with that, it, it, you can make up for some height and length issues with that. Cause Solid. Yeah, you're right. So I, I think that will be uh, – he'll do good. He'll do good. We need to see it. We need to see it. Enough's enough. I don't want to – the bum of the month club, it's great. You're out for three months now with that with that injury. So you got some time to prep. Get ready. The bum of the month club thing isn't going to work anymore because he was on pace to have like four or five fights this, this year at that point. So slow it down. Get ready. Come up to lightweight, and boy, oh boy, when he's fighting a Dustin Poirier, a Justin Gaethje, 
And you beat guys like that, you're gonna you're gonna win some fans off that. People aren't gonna be booing anymore after those fights. But, uh, yeah. So I guess I guess for him, if he doesn't move up, and if Bryce Mitchell doesn't get the next shot, I just I had to verify, but uh, you know Emmett moves up to the three spot. Yair Rodriguez seems like. Uh, I did not again a guy who he's gonna okay. beat on a fun fight, one I think will be entertaining, and again, one that I think he easily wins. So, do I want to see him fight Yair Rodriguez or Josh Emmett or Bryce Mitchell or move up? I would say, yeah, move up, yeah. Man, let's or, make it happen. That's exciting. Rodriguez also has to, he has to beat Brian Ortega next week first. And yeah, I gotta mention Brian Ortega, so. yeah, your boy. Yeah, or I mean, did, did we can go round two there too? I guess. No. <laughs> <laughs> Another hair bet, but uh, no, yeah, no, I, no, nothing's exciting for Volkanovski here. And also, I mean, leaving the division, I think would also be best for the division. Have one of these Bryce Mitchells, Josh Emmett, one of these other guys build a little bit of their name for themselves. Or even if it's Max Holloway getting back to the top, everyone loves Max Holloway. So I, I think that would be beneficial for not just the UFC, not just Alexander Volkanovsky, but that that division as a whole. Well, as uh, good as right. Max Holloway is, too, it, you'd be leaving the division in, in mighty fine hands. Again, against guys who, you know, would, would be – you'd still get – it'd still be a great division with very competitive fights. Yeah, and if, I mean, and the the door. If someone does build up their name, the door to come back is always open. Yeah. So, all right. But uh, all right, that's gonna do it for last week's fights. Not a lot of. We got one bit. Uh, one UFC fight night. We'll get to that. But first, we got a fun little. Who you got? But before that, here's a word from one of our sponsors. There's no bigger investment than home ownership. And to make sure the house is up to your standards, you need a professional to look it over. Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections is a licensed home inspector and a member of the Connecticut Association of Home Inspectors. Brian was a contractor for over 15 years, so he knows how homes should be constructed and how mechanicals should work. What makes me a good home inspector was the 20 years that I was a home improvement person doing all the different repairs that I have done and what other people have done wrong that I had to go out and fix. So I have a pretty quick eye on seeing what's right and what's wrong. Before you move, call Shamrock Home Inspections. Before you make the biggest investment of your life, call Brian Flanagan from Shamrock Home Inspections at 860-268-2566 or visit shamrockhomeinspectionct.com. All right, big shout out to Shamrock Home Inspection for sponsoring today's episode. But uh, all right, who you got? Championship material. We're going to go through every weight class across UFC and boxing. And we're going to – is the champion deserving? Should so, Is someone else the best in that division? We're going to discuss it. We're going to start off with the UFC, starting off with the little guys. <laughs> this is going to be probably, as far as the UFC goes, one of the most debated, I guess, with the flyweights. Davidson Figueredo. Or, I mean, Brandon Moreno now interim champ, right? Or he's going to be with Kai Kara fans? 
who who is the rightful who is the best flyweight in the UFC, Joe? Well, I, I'm going to say it's Figueredo. I like Figueredo a little bit more than Moreno, and he did win the last fight. And obviously, the interim championship is what it is. So maybe we'll get another fight between these guys in uh, a unification, uh, maybe end of this year or the beginning of next year. I, I don't have any problem with Davidson Figueredo being the champ and being the face of that division because, uh, you know, again, I think, again, you look at that the rest of that, that, that top five list, uh, he's beaten some guys in there and I, I feel good about him. Plus I, he's a flashy guy. He looks more like a champion than, than the baby faced assassin. Jared, I know you, you love Figueredo. So hundred percent. That's my guy at flyweight. hundred percent. Figueredo. Yeah. I, what I he like said. I, I like Moreno a lot. I, I will say when he won the belt, I, I think I, I really like seeing his growth. Uh, he won the belt with that that tap out. Everyone thought that he was really like a one-trick pony. Everyone thought that it was just going to be the ground game that he could would win him that came comes back, defends it uh, on the feet for the most part. So I like the growth there. I think he can maybe show something against Kai Kara from France, maybe get the belt back. But as of right now, yeah, Figueredo is definitely number one as far as flyweights go. This one could be a little controversial as well. Bantamweights, Al Jermaine Sterling. Is he the rightful champ, Joe? No. No. I, I, I still don't think so. Uh you know, it's funny. I think if you look at all of the champions in this uh, in this sport, uh, he and Carla Esparza stand out to me as people who did, didn't really do it for me. They didn't really prove to the fans that they were the champions and, and haven't really handled the aftermath of that well either. So... If, yeah, you're, I, if you're a young fighter with weight fluctuations and you're aiming for a weight class, those are the two. I'm with you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for, for Bantamweights, I'm still a Peter Yan guy. Wow, and Joe's two for two. Okay. Peter Yan. No, uh, no, no TJ Dillashaw? No. No. No, 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 but you know, what's interesting that Jose Aldo still sits number three in that division. And I think it speaks to the fact that there's a lot of good guys in that division. Sean O'Malley's ranked 13th. Um, There's a lot of good guys in that division, but it's, it's the veterans like Aldo and Jan and Rob Font and Dominic Cruz that really dominates that top 10. And so you got to ask yourself, what's up with these young bucks? Yeah, you are right about that. I, I, I've been an Aljo guy. I think I picked him like the last two fights, but, or no, maybe not the last one, but yeah, something has something's just uh, I don't know. I'm just honorable mention to Nurmagomedov too. O'Malley's good, but uh, uh, Nurmagomedov fights at Panamweight too, fifteen and zero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, O'Malley. I mean, that's 
supposed to be like his That's real big one. test that last week, but uh, that that was rough. that was a rough way to end it. But that was uh, such luck. Yeah, so we're gonna have to see what he's really, really made of. His next fight, I mean, Cheeto Vera, number fifth there. That's who he lost to. So Dude, he's another guy. I I think he he can. Marlon Vera, I think, can get into this little title hunt here. I, I think he's a guy that can maybe hold on to the belt, especially with a, a champion like Aljamain Sterling, who I, I don't see him holding on at that long. But the, that's what we said when he first won it. So we'll see. Touchable champ. Yep. Yeah. And well, I mean, you, you, it seems like this belt goes to Vera anyway. You got to get, you got to beat Vera to be a contender in the in the bantamweight division. It seems like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, you really do. But uh, all right, featherweight. We just talked about it. Alexander Volkanovski. Hey, easy. It's got to sweep one. that. Easy. All right, lightweight. Technically vacant after Charles Oliveira missed weight in his last fight, but uh, who is who's the number one guy? Is it Oliveira? Uh, Jared, I I hate that. I mean, I don't like him. You know, I don't like him. But skill set wise, uh, he certainly is what he did to Gaethje, what he did to Poirier, uh, what he did to Michael Chandler. Uh, you know, that's everybody. Uh, Mahakev, I think, is is the fight I'd like to see. Uh, but if he beats him, then what I have nothing to counter with. I have nothing else to say about this other than bring back Khabib. You know, <laughs> let's, let's see what happens. Because, yeah, man, he's I, I don't like just I don't like him, too. He's become an unlikable champion for some reason. He was a likable guy when he was a loser, when he was tap-tapping with the Brazilian jiu-jitsu every time he got choked. Becomes this great champion, is on this great winning streak, and I find him to be very unlikable. And But when you go through the story, it's a bit um, James Braddock, Mickey Ward-ish. That not, it just never lined up right, and then when it did, whoa, this guy's really, really, really good. Um, and three for three, Joe. I gotta say, Oliveira, with how little he missed weight by, you gotta think he could make it. Um, and just so dominant, just to be that dominant at the type of division he's given us what we're asking for from Izzy. So we can't, we can't want that from Izzy and then drop down two weight classes and get it and and not name, yeah, Charles Oliveira, period. Yeah, to, to me, the only one that could really like. Islam, I guess, but not. I, I don't really think so. I think I, I still need to see him against one of those big names there. Or, I mean, he, just him getting a title shot, I think, would be great, I think. Beat Oliver and then claim. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, or, I mean, the only other guy that I think is close was Dustin Poirier, and Oliver took care of that. So, yeah, I think you got to go Oliver here. But, I mean – this division stacked, I and mean, we'll talk about this division a little bit later on with the UFC fight night tomorrow. But uh, just a little. You know, there. I'm curious why Conor McGregor's got the 12th rank in this division for absolutely <laughs> no reason at all. Because uh, he's Conor sense. McGregor. 
Same reason Pereira jumped up to six from 40-something. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it helps. Yeah. yeah, it certainly does. All right. Uh, another, I think, division <laughs> e easy. Welterweight, Kamara Usman. Yeah, I, that's. I mean, it's an easy one. He's a, a dominant champion. He's improving. Uh, I find he's gotten to be more likable, in my opinion. Yeah. I love everything about Kamra Usman. Uh, I think he's a great face for this division, and he's you know as dominant a champion as there is right now. That's five in a row. Yeah, Usman too. Um, I want to see uh, Muhammad. Well, Muhammad, Jemaya, maybe. Uh, uh, Khabib. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, this is, this is Usman. This is another not really hard to tell. It's Usman. Yeah, I am, I'm glad the, the Leon Edward fight is happening just because I think that's a name. I think Sid that just needs to get brought down a peg. Yeah, I don't know. He, he keeps getting brought up every time. Well, and he hasn't really done anything that that spectacular except beat Usman early in his career. But uh, hey, uh, people have grown, and we've seen how Kamar Usman's grown. So, all right, talk about Israel Adesanya. Yeah, I mean, it, even though he has become more unlikable, but I mean, like like you talk about Joe with Oliveira. Uh, it's still, there's still a gap. Again, the difference though is I don't like Oliveira. His fights are exciting as hell. Yeah. It, it, you know what I mean? I want the other guy to win, but that doesn't take away from the fact that he's beating the crap out of him, choking these guys out in spectacular ways. To me, again, to me, that's the difference between what he's doing and what Adesanya is doing. Adesanya is boring, but again, I'm not going to. I know a he's lot a, of great guys that can't fight, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> he's a great champion. We know how good he is. It's going to take somebody who's a better striker than him to beat him. And I don't know if a person on this planet exists that we are even aware of at this point that can do that. It's so, tough in his weight class. Yeah, un, until there comes a time where, I mean, he's beaten everybody in the top five. Pereira uh, jumped ahead of Strickland. Uh, he's six. Pereira, uh, Strickland is seven because it's the only guy he hadn't beaten. And since he beat, you know, Pereira beat Strickland, I'll put him up ahead and that'll be the next fight. Uh, oh, yeah. And after after he beats Pereira, maybe Strickland gets a, gets a shot at it. I don't know. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I, I do think there is another avenue. I think if someone like Usman comes up with his wrestling ability and ability to actually do damage to someone while they're on the ground, unlike Vittori, I, I think that's another avenue that Israel Adesanya can lose. I mean, like we saw it in the, the Blahovich fight. But, I mean, the, 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 there's not that many wrestlers at the top of this division, which is, is good for Adesanya. Yeah, and... Yeah, he, one of these guys is going to have to get in and land something on the greatest striker in MMA right now. So that's that's really hard to do, obviously. But uh, all right. All 
But I, I will say, I mean, the the best guys are fighting the best guys in the UFC. That that's why we're all agreeing here. I do. Wait think till we get to boxing. Wait yeah. Wait till we get to boxing. Yeah. Straight all right. Up. Light heavyweight Yuri Prohaska. Is he the guy? Yes. He's definitely the guy right now. But I'll say this, you know, again, as you flip through this list, the the separation in talent won, uh, say, 13. It's not that far. It's not that far off. You know what I mean? I think when you're looking at Adesanya and Usman and Volkanovski, you're talking about guys that are on another level. Prohaska's got. I think he's got some of the the uh, what made Adesanya great when he was younger, where he could do things and hit you with things you don't see coming from angles you couldn't even imagine coming at you. So he's got that. He's got youth and speed on his size. He's the guy for right now. And Jared, we've talked about it. We think this guy could go on a on a really nice run, but. If he loses his next fight to Alexander Rakic, I wouldn't be shocked because I again I I don't see right now the talent level being that far removed. We've seen quite a few of these guys now hold this belt in this division. No one's really seized it since Bones left. This kid's got a real shot. Again, uh there's everything to like about Yuri Prohaska, you know, from his spirituality. To his out again, the outstanding skill set. We're gonna need to see some some really good title defenses against some some big names before we could cement it. But I like everything about him, Jared. I, I know you do too. Um, no, yes. maybe you don't. Not everything. <laughs> Not everything. I don't like one thing that I've seen so far. Um. And I'm going to say when we talk about the greatest fighters of all time, the Silva defensive wizard with his head movement, the, the Ali's and the, the uh, Mayweather's, the Willie Peps, these are defensive masterminds. Go to the very top of the game and then give me those Arturo Gattis, Justin Gagey's. Give me those blood and guts warriors because – Give me one on both lists. I don't like the mileage he put on his body in the last fight with Glover Teixeira. We want that upper echelon longevity guy. We saw it in the early stages with this guy. If you have three or four fights like that, that is not what we are going to get because the guys that do that find a way to put less miles on themselves per fight. Most of the great ones, you know, didn't have fights like that. You know, it's funny. Uh, I don't mean to skip back a couple of divisions, but in the welterweight division, you guys know I like Michelle Pereira. This is a guy who, you know. Chose man crush. Totally, dude. But, like, this is a guy who, like, can get gassed after the first round. Not because he doesn't have great cardio, but because of all the insanity of what he does, the relentlessness, takes a lot of hits. You know, again, at the welterweight division, that doesn't work. And that's why Pereira's career hasn't really jump-started where it needs to be in that lightweight division because of the speed. Uh, he's able to get away with a lot of that stuff, I feel like, there where I don't know if he would have been in the, in the lesser divisions. 
Because again, a, none of these lightweights have the the speed or the movement that Prohaska has. It's a lot like in that heavyweight division with Ciro gone, where it's like for the size and that speed, it's like unheard of in that division. It's a great skill set to have, but yeah, you can't you can't get in the wars every fight and think you're going to hold the belt for you know ten fights, twelve fights. No way. Yeah, but I, I will say before we move on from light heavyweight, yeah, yeah, Prohaska I think is the rightful champion, but I for him to really really prove himself, uh, I need to see the Jan fight because I mean, yeah, Jan lost to, to to Glover, but I think as far as like. The best in that division goes, I think it is still Jan Blahovich, even with that loss. Uh, so I think that's a fight I need to see for Provaska to really cement his spot there at the top. But yeah, yeah, I mean, he is champion. He beat the guy who beat the guy, you know? I thought of that, though. Blahovich versus Prohaska, you might end up with a rock, paper, scissors situation there at the top. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. It's but, fun, but it's Prohaska's right now. It's his to lose. Yeah, and we and we talked about it with the, this fight. You, he's young enough to have one of these – a person like Macy Barber, Jared, like who you, you were talking about all last week, able to go retool. You have the world by the balls, and then you struggle there. Now, Prohaska, he struggled, but he still won. So he, now if he can go back, retool – Come up with a new game plan. He can be a very, very dominant, especially at the top. He can be going for pound for pound. Thank you for the uh, for the Macy Barber reference. There, she yeah, hit the yeah. puncher's. She she hit the last leg of the puncher's chance parlay, and uh, looked dominant. Did everything I said. Went back to the drawing board. Young enough to make the adjustments and cover the gap. So let's hope we get that here. Hell yeah. But uh, all right, moving on to heavyweight, Francis Ngannou. I, I love Francis. Number one, easy. Joe, John Jones, no? No, Stipe Miocic here, clearly. Um, you know, it's, it's so weird. Uh, I'm, I'm joking uh, just because, you know, we haven't seen Stipe Logan since lost to Ngannou. And there was, a, there was an interim heavyweight championship that he wasn't involved in. And then there was a unification bout that he had nothing to do with. And then there was the John Jones fight that he was told he was getting. John's not even ranked uh, in the division anywhere. And so I don't I don't know what is to be of Stipe Miocic. I do know this. With him out of the just not fighting, period, at this point, yeah. I mean, Francis Ngannou, after beating Cyril Gan, has clearly... Um, again, when, when you talk about the improvements in this guy, this guy was a, this guy was awful on his back earlier in his career. I mean, embarrassingly bad and has worked to become a more well-rounded champion and is still the most dangerous person on the planet because him, him hitting you in the face at all. Uh, the possibility of you going to sleep is extremely real. Um, oh, he could hit you on the top of your head and blood break your ankle. This guy, this yeah, guy yeah, that's just that's a scary, scary dude. So yeah, um, I hope he gets things worked out with the UFC here because 
that would be um that would be a big loss. I uh I made the only argument you could possibly make against this, and I made it years ago when we started the show. Cyril gone. I still make the argument that he's four years and change younger. Uh, 35 and Ganu is no spring chicken. And if you're looking for the future on that list, it's still Cyril gone. But right now, Joe circle gets a square Francis and Ghana. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's gotta be Francis and the way the UFC pushed Francis, especially early, come on. Get a deal done. He, he's your guy. You finally have the opportunity that you wanted before the Stipe fight. You got him with the gold. You got him at the top, the baddest man on earth. So give the man what he wants, and let's get this the heavyweight division rolling here. Because, I mean, new new wrestling. And Gano, I want to see Stipe again. I want to see – there's some fight. There's some fun fights, I think. And Taitu Ivasa. Guy, he's third now. I think that's a fun fight. It's going to end with him going to sleep. But uh, Don't sleep guy. on Aspinall either. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tom Aspinall. Yeah. There, there's, some, guy. there's some stuff to happen there at, uh, at the top of heavyweight. So, all right. Now let's get on to the women's side of the MMA. Starting off with the most co- – one of the most controversial ones again. Carla Esparza, Joe, is she? Did no. This is Thug Rose's division, and uh, everybody feels that way. I think uh, Carla Esparza does not inspire anybody. I still think she looks like your girl's best friend that you hate. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, to, yeah. To me, this is still Rose's division. Ah. I, yeah, the one on the other end of the phone that can never get her own relationship right, <laughs> but wants to tell your face she's been in 19 relationships while you've been with your girl, but yeah. she's gonna tell your girl how she that hey, you can, how is she done look Carlos Spark don't look like that girl. That's oh, exactly who she is. Yeah. This guy's crazy. <laughs> it's always the guy divorced three times that wants you to give marriage advice. It's just out of control. Okay. So we all love Carlos Barza at the end of this. What we're really trying to say. Everybody's a huge fan of Carlos. Yeah. Terrible, terrible fluke fight. I don't even know how she got that, that fight. I don't even know how it happened. You know, um, I don't know how it even happened. I, I really don't. And, 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 and her credit, uh, Rose didn't feel like fighting much that night. And, uh, she's the champion, but, yeah, it's very Algermain Sterling to me. It's like, just hold on to that belt. I'll be back for it, you clown. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Um, I do want to say that I thought, Carl, I had it 3-2. Um, there's a girl I like here. Rodriguez. Marina Rodriguez. Very, very good boxer. 16-1, and one, I think. And the uh, the loss is the current champ, Carlos Barza, split decision. As I said, I thought she won 3-2. Um, all of that said, again, I'm with Joe. This is Rose, not my own division. Just a fluke night where her 
I actually have a fight like that. I'll send you guys a video. I have a fight like that. It went five rounds. It was very, very close. I thought I won. But uh, we just painted the floor. So the footing was a touch different. And I was just really, really tentative. And everybody watching the fight was like, why is he not? He's like, not fighting like he fights. And there was just this something else going on. This Charles Oliveira, Mickey Ward type thing you would never know. Rose Namayunas, perhaps. Get your family out of your corner and uh, go grab your belt back, girl. Yeah, Thug Rose. I, I, I love Thug Rose, and I'm with you guys here. But I, I think, not necessarily Wei Lee, because she had the two losses to Rose. That's, I think, done and over with. But Andre, Jessica Andrade, I think you could make an argument here. The one loss to to Wei Li, to Wei Li, then a split decision loss to Rose after already beating her, then tries to go up a weight class. I think coming down, she can, especially with Carla Esparza at the top. I think Andrade can get there and possibly make a possibly be one of them. Dominant chance. Yeah, I wouldn't care for that. <laughs> no. If I'm being no. honest, I wouldn't I wouldn't care for that. Yeah, but, I, I I don't want to either. I, I like the grows, but I, I can see it happening. Well, we're talking about championship material. Like the got package. Yeah, yeah, it's just Andrage doesn't strike me as um someone who's worthy of the gold. She should She's fight for it. Definitely gonna you know. win every other fight from here on out. Yeah. Maybe. Well, yeah, and well, to be fair, 500 over the last eight. Lost four of the last seven. Yeah, there's uh, I get it. I get what you're saying. Close fight, split decision with Namayunas. Um, and then moved up to lose sure. those other fights. She comes back down. She's dangerous. Agreed. Uh, one of the only people I really saw dominate Tisha Torres besides uh, Marina Rodriguez. You can make an argument. Those are the only two fights Tisha lost. Um, so yeah, very talented. But I, I, I'm, I'm with Joe again. You, she doesn't belong in this conversation. All right. With nine losses. Uh, and I'll be honest. You could just skip the women's flyweight division because <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko is, uh, first of all, has beaten everybody on that list. Uh, I think except for uh, Santos. Indian, or or uh, didn't she just beat Santos? <laughs> That's funny. Did she now? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, I needed to think on it, but she definitely did. Three two Santos. Um, and Macy um, Barber's here. Honorable mention. No, we can't. I love Again, Macy Barber. Yeah, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, right now Macy Barber would get murdered by Shevchenko, but I love her. Yeah. And I, I thought I thought she fought really well the other night. I was very impressed. Uh, with Macy Barber, and I really do. I, I, I'm excited for her. And again, having Uriah Faber in your corner is always going to be a good thing. And but, twelve years from now, she'll turn Francis Ngannou's age, and she'll insane. be a much smaller person, and still do. Yeah, yeah, yes. dude, we're going to get a decade and a half of this. I, I mean, assuming she stays in the game, she is not only is she very, very attractive, she is a bulldog. Mm. I mean, her her toughness to me is more attractive than her attractiveness. The most um, attractive. 
attractive bulldog you've ever seen. Oh my god, yeah. But I mean, I I, I do. I think she's got a chance to be a, definitely a future champion in this sport. But oh, yeah, yeah, this division right now, it's Shevchenko, and and Talia Santos is is welcome to come back and try it again. I don't I don't think she'll I don't think she'll do any better than she did in this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Valentina Shevchenko, first of all, isn't the kind of person that if they fight again, that any of those things Santos did in the first fight are going to work in the second fight. And she proved that against uh, uh, Amanda Nunes, who she definitely beat in the second fight, talking about close second fights. But, uh, yeah, Shevchenko's just, to me, next level. And, and, and right now is the best female fighter on the planet. Santos Andrade is exciting. But that would yeah, be cool. The answer to this is Shimchenko. All right. Let's uh, wrap up the UFC. Women's Bantamweight, Juliana Pena. Joe? No, it's it's Amanda Nunes. Um, that, I mean, that was one of those where um, immediately after the fight, it was like, you guys got to do it again. There was no doubt about it. You know, it's like the Eminem song, do it one time, they doubt you. Right? Do it two times. Or do it once, it's locked twice, they still doubt. You got to do it three times. And so uh, I don't think anybody thinks Juliana Pena is going to be in Amanda Nunes a second time. I don't I don't see that happening. I think Nunes gets this belt back in a big way. Um, and I don't think it's going to be close. Um, for me, the question wording comes into play here. What do they have to do? Do they deserve their belt? If not, what do they have to do to change your opinion? So does she deserve her belt, Pena? Yeah, I guess she's earned it. Um, rightfully, again, I'm with Joe and Nunes being the rightful owner of this belt. What do they have to do? If our girl can make weight down there, um, Kayla Harrison. That's what I want to see the biggest, best UFC female fighter do to cement that top spot here. It's it's exactly why the LFA paid Kayla Harrison all that money for things like this. So we'd sit here at the Throwing Jabs podcast and argue that maybe the best fighter at this size isn't in the UFC at all. I like Kayla Harrison as the best, biggest weight class female. If she can make UFC bantamweight, she wins those fights, I think. All right. Uh, yeah, I, I think this is a similar situation uh, to light heavyweight. Uh where like, yeah, you, you beat the person, you, you beat the guy, you, you beat the guy. So, sure, you can have it. But like, if you look at Pena's resume, all the losses to people under her, is she really the the rightful person? You know. So I I, I don't even know. Not Amanda Nunes, I guess, but. Yeah, I think this is some. Ever since that big moment, we it's it slowed down the whole division. So I, I think we need to see something though here. I mean, honestly, 
Is Holly Holm that far off from Juliana Payne yet? No. Really. Well, so right again, what does she have to do? Go oh, out there and go out there and beat Amanda Nunes definitively, and then, yeah, I'm in. That's what you have to do. You have to go out there and you have to prove that it wasn't a fluke. Um, nobody believed happen, her. You never, right. you never got the Rousey fight. What are your um? We we you want to rest your hat on Kat Zingano, Jessica I, Sarah McMahon. As your next three best, you lost to Shevchenko, lost to Randomy, beat Nunes. Is, this is the that's her fight. That's her claim right there. She's the Alex Pereira. It's just in live time. This is uh yeah yeah. Keep that belt warm. That's what you do. And yeah, either one of them. Am, am I on to anything here? Have you seen this Kayla Harrison girl fight, Joe? Do you believe she's as good as Pena and Nunes? Yeah, again, let's get him. Let's get him in, 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 into a ring and let's see what's going on. I, I don't understand why these things aren't happening or haven't been made to happen. I, well, I really don't understand that. Well, we, I mean, bringing in Kayla Harrison is a great like, but but she's one fifty five. We're talking one thirty five. I mean. You'd have to have a whole cyborg situation where you yeah, bring great. a whole new weight class. Catch weight one forty-five. What's the difference? Okay, I mean you have that weight class, but look at what happened with women women's featherweight. It's not a division that you brought it in for cyborg, and now but it just, doesn't have to be a division. Just make it a catch weight fight yeah. and throw go go at it. You want to have uh. You want to have Ronda Rousey show up and give away some stupid made-up belt? Do that, too. That's Dude, look nice. At the, look at that. Now, and it would shock you the size of some of the heavyweights back in the day. Some of the size of these guys. How big the guys. I say Willie Pep all the time. How big some of the guys he fought were. There's, there's uh, At some point, at some level, you don't care about that. Um, um, it, it's what you have to respect about Adesanya going up to fight Blahovich. Yeah, you know you have to respect that. And if I'm if I if I pay you and I beat Noons, I want that fight. I want that yeah. fight. I mean, when else is she gonna get that fight? I mean, you fight Noons again, you're probably most people think you're gonna lose. You're at the. I, okay, I get what you're saying. We uh, in my notes I said rapid fire. This obviously wasn't rapid fire, but I mean it's good discussion. So oh, dude, this was brilliant. This oh, yeah. was brilliant. And, yeah, you know, you said rapid fire. And literally, I'm just sitting here, and I, I'm like, there's 17 weight classes. Yeah. If we spend four minutes per, per, that's it, four minutes on each division, <laughs> it'll be half. another hour-long show, and we still have we still have more stuff to do. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But, uh, all right, so stay tuned next week, Championship Material Part 2. Going through all the all boxing's weight classes, who is the rightful champion at each one? So, but I mean, yeah, I, I thought UFC was going to be. I mean, we still had a great discussion, but I mean, we were right. It, there's the when the best fight the best, it's a lot easier to crown champions. What we had like three, two, three divisions with just questions, but we still agreed on on, on most. So, that's that's something boxing needs to learn from uh, from UFC. But uh, 
right, yeah. Real quick, as I'm as I'm perusing, I'm I'm of the seventeen. I want to say I've got nine of them that I that I bet Jared and I won't agree on. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we will, Jared. But but I think there is the possibility. I'm gonna like one boxer. You, I feel like with boxing, you've just got a different, obviously from your experience, different knowledge than I do. Um, we tend to not necessarily like the same guys in boxing, and I and I think that's, I think that's gonna show up next week. I think you're gonna see yeah. the difference in in what we look for in boxers. I mean, you're a boxer, so you. I take your word for it over mine. Well, but. and the problem with boxing, um, I'm just a, just a teaser. Um, we're going to start at Flyway probably because it's a bunch of names you won't recognize at those minimums. Um, so you start at Flyway, and there's four undefeated fighters. And then the next 11 guys have all lost to one of those four fighters. Why are you all four undefeated? And that's more of the reason you're not going to find that in the UFC. So, so as much as the differing perspectives, I think it's just the way boxing is that you can make those arguments at the top because they're all undefeated. Right. Tune in next Saturday at 10 for uh, part two championship material. I think the most insane part of all this is, right, the heavyweight championship of the world right now. You say the heavyweight champion of the world, and everyone immediately thinks of Tyson Fury, and yet Alexander Usyk's got almost all the belts. Yeah. <laughs> what? Is right? He? Like, and again, and and so, and I. That's why I'm saying, you know, uh, Bibble and 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 better Bev, and and there's there's quite a few of these where it's it's not as cut and dry as as I yeah. think it's going to be. Maybe Jared and I agree on all of them. I. Uh, I got you to smile on that one, but yeah, there's some that I, I think this is going to be, I think we're going to need an hour for the boxing next week as yeah. well as I guess what I'm getting at. Because I think there's going to be some serious discussion. 100%. And Tony, I know you're still watching. We're going to need to have a conference this week. <laughs> we have to talk about some of this stuff. Yeah. But uh, all right. That, that was fun. Stay tuned next week. Part two. We'll go over all the boxing champions, but, uh, all right, let's take a break, regroup, and then we got the battle of the Raphaels in uh, the UFC fight night, so stay tuned after this. We can expect another wet summer in Connecticut, and that means more mosquitoes than ever. If you don't have your home service for mosquito control and you find you're spending most of your outside time swatting those little pests, or you did have your yard sprayed but you still have bites all over your body, you're in luck. Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut provides the best value in mosquito control services because of how they treat your yard using the Mosquito Shield Tailored Treatment System. All mosquito control service is not the same. They don't use a fixed schedule or an identical product, one-size-fits-all service program. You can't control mosquitoes on a set number of sprays or visits. Unlike the competition, Mosquito Shield of Central Connecticut will service you for the season whatever it takes to provide superior results. The Promise has awarded them an industry-leading customer retention rating of 90%. Visit MosquitoShieldCNCT.com to schedule an appointment with Wade DeCesare and enjoy the rest of the summer mosquito-free.
from the Apex in Las Vegas. It's UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos versus Fazeev, featuring a main event between lightweight contenders Rafael Fazeev and Rafael Dos Anjos. Let's break it down. Rafael Fazeev is 29 years old. He's 5'8 with a 71-inch reach and a record of 11-1 with seven knockouts and one submission. From Bishek, Kragastan, he took up martial arts at the age of 11, moving to Phuket, Thailand, to train at the famed Tiger Muay Thai gym alongside the likes of Peter Yan and Valentina Shevchenko. After massing a professional record of 39-8 and with 29 knockouts, he made the switch to MMA, making his pro debut in July of 2015 with a first-round flying knee knockout of Sam Baston. After winning his next five all by stoppage, he made his UFC debut against Magomed Mustavev, losing by knockout when he was caught by a spinning back kick followed by ground to pound. He bounced back from that five months later, winning a unanimous decision over Alex White and followed that up with a decision over Mark Diakasi, which earned him his first fight of the night bonus. After signing a new four-fight contract with the UFC, he took on the dangerous Renato Moncano, knocking him out in the first round with a devastating three-punch combination which earned him his first Performance of the Night award. He continued that momentum eight months later with a dominant victory over Bobby Green, and on December 4th, 2021, he knocked out Brad Rydell with a brutal spinning wheel kick to the head. An elite-level striker, Fazeev has the ability to fluidly switch stances while landing some of the fastest and most powerful kicks in the division at a rate of over five strikes per minute, while also boasting a very impressive 95% takedown defense. Rafael Dos Anjos is 37 years old. He's 5'8 with a 70-inch reach with a record of 31-13 with five knockouts and 10 submissions. From Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, Dos Anjos took up Brazilian jiu-jitsu at the age of nine, winning a gold medal at the World Jiu-Jitsu Championships before making his professional MMA debut in September of 2004 with a split decision loss. After compiling a record of 11-2, mostly in his native Brazil, he made his UFC debut with a third-round knockout lost to Jerry Stevens 2008 and in his next fight won a fight of the night bonus in a losing effort against Tyson Griffin. He bounced back with a unanimous decision over Rob Emerson and then won eight of his next ten including losses to Clay Guida and Gleason Taibo in victories over George Satterpalulos, Evan Durham and Donald Cerrone before dropping a unanimous decision to future Hall of Famer Khabib Nurmagomedov. Two months later, he scored a second-round knockout of Jason High in that headlined his first UFC event, blowing out Benson Henderson with a flying knee, followed by a brutal left hook. After an impressive victory over Nate Diaz, he got his first title shot when he took on Anthony Pettis, putting on a dominant performance and winning by unanimous decision to become the new lightweight champion. In his first title defense, he knocked out Cowboy Cerrone in 66 seconds with a body kick followed by an onslaught of punches. But in his next defense, he lost a belt after suffering a brutal and prolonged beating from Eddie Alvarez. In his next fight, he put up a valiant, albeit losing, performance against Tony Ferguson. But he was able to bounce back with an impressive triangle choke submission of Neil Magny, followed by a decision over Robbie Lawler. His career then began a downward trend as he only won one of his next five, a submission over Kevin Lee, while losing to Colby Covington, Kamara Usman, Leon Edwards, and Michael Chiesa. In November of 2020, he returned to his winning ways when he defeated last-minute replacement Paul Felder via split decision 
in an exciting bout that went both men fight of the night bonuses. And on March 5th, 2022, won a unanimous decision over Renato Moncayo, who took the fight on just four days' notice after scheduled opponent Rafael Faziz was forced to pull out after contracting COVID-19. A highly aggressive pressure fighter, Dos Anjos, is an elite-level Muay Thai striker, particularly noted for his powerful body kicks and is also a world-class grappler, having medaled in several international jiu-jitsu competitions. Will the impressive speed and dynamic striking skills of Fazeev prove the difference as he tries to make a huge statement at lightweight? Or will the world-class wrestling and top-level experience against the elite carry the day as Dos Anjos seeks to prove he still belongs among the best in the division? Tune in Saturday night to UFC Fight Night Dos Anjos versus Fazeev, and let's find out. All right, Joe. Will the young, hungry lion knock off this, the lightweights, former lightweight champion and Rafael Dos Anjos? Or will the experience take give Dos Anjos the advantage in this crossroads fight? Speechless, Anjo. I am speechless because I got to tell you, I, I love Dos Anjos. He's a, he's a fantastic fighter. Uh, but he's just the guy that Faziz needs. Um, th this guy is a really good fighter. He comes into this fight 11 and 1, 2021 breakout fighter of the year. He's a three time Kragastan Muay Thai champion, a three time international Muay Thai champion. He won the World Muay Thai Federation. This guy's a winner. His only loss you just saw was the spinning back heck. Um, it, it's going to take a lot for uh, anybody to be able to beat this guy. Uh, he has uh, lead in his fists and in his feet. He's fast. His defense is outstanding. He's a re he's really hard to hit. If you saw any of the the uh, Mark Diacasi fight, dude, uh, it's some of that matrix stuff that he was doing in there. He's a really good fighter. Uh, I think he is going to blow Dos Anjos out of this thing. I look at the the fight with Moincano. Uh, uh, Fazid knocked him out. Uh, Dos Anjos beat him by a decision on four days' notice. You know what I mean? Like, what what else you need to know here? Uh, I think this kid, though, uh, Fazid has a, a bright future in this sport. Uh, yeah, Dos Anjos, 6-6 six and six in his last 12. He's eight years older. And Fazeev is just the just the type of guy we want in this division. I I do not want him to lose to Dos Anjos just because of what it means to the game. This, like I said, six six losses, six wins in his last twelve fights. Mix in a uh, underground submission grappling loss to Cowboy Cerrone, the only thing he's won in the last decade. Um, yeah, so Fazeev, pretty confident about this one. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you guys, but I, I, I do feel like the, Dos Anjos is weird. Whenever he switches up weight classes, he always finds a way to rattle off a couple here. He's like a, his whole career is kind of like a roller coaster. But uh, so it, would I be surprised just the experience of just MMA as a whole? I know Fizzy has a lot of Muay Thai experience. Can I see Dos Anjos get him to the ground? Maybe. Get, get it done that way, sure. But I, I do think Fazeev takes it, goes 
next he, he's the bright a bright spot in the lightweight division and a guy like him against like a Gaethje I think that's a that's a very fun fight some of these fights at the top with the, some of the guys at the top of the division I think Fazee will, will put some good shows on I'll tell you what I think this fight's going to go like. I think Dos Anjos is going to look good for the first two, two and a half minutes of the fight. I think Fiziz comes on at the end of the first round. And in, in the first minute or so of the second, I think he blows Dos Anjos out and, and the fight gets stopped. Hmm. That's where I'll put my Doskis this week. So you got two? Round two? Round two, yeah. About a minute in, I think he blows him out. This guy's a super aggressive fighter too. This is going to be one of those where they're where they're standing there feeling each other out. Uh, this is going to be guys, two guys coming at each other and absolutely banging. And um, again, I mean, I, I you know, Jared, you mentioned Dos Anjos six and six in his last twelve fights. I mean, there's not a name on that list where you're like, well, you know. Uh, although I think uh, uh, his last two wins came over guys uh, who took. Fights on on uh, a week's notice. Paul Felder had to drop thirty pounds for the fight uh, and went to distance with him. So that doesn't bode well for Dos Anjos. But I mean, he's a fantastic fighter. Um, it, it again, it, it, this this is a big fight for Fazeev. Let, let's be honest, because this is a guy who I think has a future. He's got winning pedigree, uh, and 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 he he's definitely um, he's definitely a guy that could finish fights. And and so if he can handle Dos Anjos, it bodes well for his near-term future. Yeah, this should be his. This should be the Fazeev coming out party. Dos Anjos, obviously, a big name, former lightweight champ. Get that notch under your belt. People will start knowing. I mean, he, a lot. Even casuals know Dos Anjos from the this the small little, little back and forth he had with Connor before he lost the belt there. I just real quick got to shout out this comment from Tony in reference to Rose Nama Junis. He says she should listen to the 2021 20, trainer of the year. Speaking obviously of Trevor Whitman and not the idiot who ran into check Congo's fist. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. <laughs> that will forever go down. It's like, I just watched that again a couple nights ago. Yeah, hey, can his nickname be Plop Plop? <laughs> Fizz is, yeah, I love yeah. it. <laughs> oh, I love it. But uh, yeah, this guy's really good, dude. I really like this kid. Yeah. I, I watch him go through all those fights. I was like, ooh, this this guy's gonna be a this guy's gonna be a factor, I think, going forward. And, I mean, he's just got to take care of Dos Anjos first. Yeah, I the the, the fight I want to see him versus Gaethje. That's a fight I really want to see because that's going to be a brawl and a half, or even like like Tony Ferguson. He will. I love Tony Ferguson, but he'll put him to sleep pretty early. But that's so. There's so many fun fights, so many fun fights for this kid. So let's see what happens. But uh, all right, I think that's gonna do it for the show today. That was a great, great week. I'm excited for next week. We got one this... more puncher's chance, bro. Oh yes, yes, yes. What we got for the puncher's chance? I uh, just sent it over. Uh, there's a UFC fight. I like Jared Bandera to beat uh, Chase Sherman. 
And we're piggybacking that on one I want to talk a little bit about um, in boxing, the featherweight division. As much as I like to talk about Navaratest, Emmanuel Navarate, he's at the top of the division. He has one loss, kind of a forgivable loss from the beginning of his career. There are two other undefeated guys in the top 33. Two undefeated guys at featherweight in the top 33 on BoxRec. Mark Magseo, number two, and number 10, Ray Vargas. And they are fighting each other this weekend. So there will only be one undefeated fighter at featherweight in the top 33 positions on BoxRec at the end of this weekend. Unblemished, excuse me, not unbeaten, unblemished. There's a few withdraws in there. Uh, that said, the number three guy is one of the best, I think probably the best out there. Gary Allen Russell Jr. took a loss to Maxeo but broke his hand and repeatedly hit Maxeo with his only not broken hand. He hit him with the good hand over and over. He had struggled at the end with an upper echelon guy with one hand. I'm taking Vargas here. I'm taking Ray Vargas, and we're going to piggyback him with Vandera. Uh, it comes out to about a plus 160, and 40 wins you 77 or something like that. 40 wins you 62, excuse me, 50, 77. Yeah, so it's about one plus 150, plus 160 when you stack the two of them together. All right. I, I like that. I feel like all Chase Sherman does in the UFC is, is lose. They just put on some pretty good fights. He's a good punching bag, you know. But uh, so yeah, I like that. Uh, Vendura minus two hundred as of right now. So yeah, but then that, that's gonna be a fun fight. Uh, that will be a fight that will affect our who you got next week in the Vargas. Let's see. Yeah, so we'll see. But uh, all right. Big shout out to our sponsors for today's episode. Chris Sawyer and Andy Mac Home Mortgage, Sherlock Home, uh, Shamrock Home Inspection. I'm sorry for that. And uh, Mosquito Shield. It's summertime. Bugs are coming out. Make sure you get Mosquito Shield. But uh, and big shout out to Clovercrest Media for always sponsoring this episode and making this podcast possible. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com for more information about this podcast and more other great podcasts as well. But that's going to do it for myself, Big Jace, Joe Aguirre, and Jared Jones. Enjoy the fight tomorrow. Enjoy the fights tomorrow. Uh, I know a lot of casuals aren't going to know about that boxing fight. But, hey, Dos Angeles, Vizev, not a lot of casuals are going to know about that. So, two more of them on, and you, I, I guarantee you, you'll have a fun time watching. But, uh, all right, it's going to do it for Throwing Jabs. We'll catch you. Back next week, next Saturday at 10. Take care, everyone.
throwing jabs, always full send. Here we go again. Jared, Joe, and Jay's Clover Crest, top three corner man, punching in with a punch's chance. We find a way to win. The main event, lock it in. Every Saturday at 10, the overhand is out of hand. When it comes to fist of cuffs, slide a hand on the undercard, you'll never see the punch. Uppercut, got you missing weight, feet a step late. Keep your guard up, feeling faint from a faint. Take a stand in eight, then retaliate. Put up your duke, stick and move, bob and wave. Don't lose hope against the ropes, there's always an escape. Never stay down. One more round, bells ringing, counter punch with your chin tucked and go down swinging. We bringing crosses with no worship, hooks with no verses, combinations with no locks. When you feel the flurry, it's curtains from scrub scraps to fight stats. Relax if you want the facts, because the best combat podcast is throwing jabs. Hello, my name is Joe Aguirre. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Man. And great true crime shows like Sticky Beak, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Burn, the Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.